live in the dungeon. This is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Nick Strawn. Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Yes, I did. mean, did this movie? He produced it. I guess he. I don't know if he directed it. Said he produced. No, it. no, no. He he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't direct pr- it. Okay. Uh, he he. You have to understand that in the very beginning, and 1910 was actually pretty pretty uh, late for Edison films. Yeah. Because I think Edison films. They were all done late way before. The, right. The, the, yeah. Was it around the same time as the Lumiere brothers? Were they like well, in 1888 or 98 or I don't remember what year it was. Well, the thing is, the Lumiere brothers, they their actual their career kind of went a lot longer, and they they kind of uh, more devolved into just uh, supplying equipment and and production uh, facilities yeah. uh, in Europe. Um, the Lumieres the, were fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. Early, I'm thinking people. of the early movies they did where they were just like. Capturing like the, motion, well, yeah, the, the shot train the and stuff, and all yeah. the rest of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and the the horse galloping and all yeah. of that. Yeah. But the thing is, is Thomas Edison stuff was incredibly boring. But it was yeah. it was cutting edge. But by 1910, you also said George Melier or whatever. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he was George, out there. Yeah, at the same time. Oh yeah, the the, yeah. the moon the. Yeah. The, the shot in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we had to lead up to, uh, well, obviously, I love Fritz Lang, but that's yeah, later for, on. Yeah, that's a little bit later. But anyway, no. So, so this was a very short short, short film. It it's was a like very short 15 film. minutes, I think. I think it was about 12 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and it was the- We were probably looking at a bad copy, too, because I think they found it in what, the 50s, I think. Yeah, right? it was It was a, just a- uh, it, it was kind of rough. It was kind of rough, but, but you had- also realize the limitations of of the camera and so forth but but thomas edison was although he was in the inventor of the camera he just didn't develop it very far everybody else developed it further you know it it it, it's like by 1910 he was shooting that crap you know (laughs) right which which basically basically this film uh Frankenstein 1910 it's just vignettes yeah I mean the set is always like kind of the same same shape same, same slot, shape yeah. uh like you know the drawing room and they're using the same spot and they're using yeah they're using the same and everything is centered and it's like the biggest effect in it is the mirror yeah oh the <laughs> they, mirror they, yeah they put a mirror on the well, that side made, that gave you two it, different angles yeah and it gave you two different angles yeah. and 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 I and there was no cutaway there was no there were no cutaways there yeah. was no close-ups there was no uh speed and and literally the monster came and went by uh, a curtain that was in different places yeah. in different <laughs> sets well i also read this that it uh i read that this was uh they made it an effort not to make it too gruesome like or too scary right. oh, so I'm they sure just they didn't. did the psychological version of it i guess yeah it, but yeah. that's why he was kind of doing weird things that yeah he, <laughs> yeah he, he basically like he was hypnotizing him yeah he, he looked like he was a really really overweight uh <laughs> yeah uh, you know kind of like if you'd taken big bird and painted him with black <laughs> right. spray paint yeah that's how he that's kind of like. what he looked like yeah. <laughs> it was pretty terrible <laughs> so but it was interesting to see and this is on amazon prime by the way you just look up frankenstein 1910 if you're right. curious about it yeah but and and the thing is is how far how far it moves to what what year was uh 31 wasn't yeah, it? yeah 1931 1931 oh which actually 
So here's this a is, fun fact. This is 21 years later. So Frankenstein in 1931 would never have happened if it wasn't for another film. Dracula. Dracula. So basically 1930 Universal Studios was like they lost like two million dollars or something. Oh, yeah. That, they the, lost a whole bunch of money. That's right. So Dracula went out there and it made like 700,000 like in a week or something. So they decided to start making more horror and Frankenstein was on the list. Right. Frankenstein came up and, but and yeah, I, I'm a huge Dracula. I love Dracula. You're a Dracula. Fan. Yeah. Like now, Bela Lugosi, are, are you, yes. a, are you a Nosferatu? Yes. Fan? yes. Oh yeah. But Bela Lugosi did a really good job. I thought, and the way oh, yeah, they shot yeah. Dracula was amazing. I have thought. you ever seen the, the Mexican uh, version of Dracula? No. It's supposed to have been shot. Is this like the Spanish or Italian Spider-Man? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. This was shot on the same sets at the same time. Oh, really? Okay. It, it was like it was like they took over the they took over the sets at night. Oh, wow! And uh, it's a it's very famous and, and it's maybe we should do like the Spanish Dracula and the Dracula is one episode. I th- I think that we should. That'd be fun. I think that we absolutely should because uh, there is a, a lot of a lot of people say that the Mexican Dracula was actually better and more um, hmm. more uh, moody and and. and than the uh, American one. I guess I like vampires. Yeah, well, you know. I never got into Frankenstein as much. So anyway. 1931 Frankenstein. 1931 Frankenstein. We're back on this. Uh, What a film. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I actually hadn't seen it for a really, really long time. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. and and, and, Well, actually, I probably watched it in the 80s a couple of times. Boris Karloff. But it used to be on TV all the time. You know, the thing is, is uh, when I was growing up, TV, TV was a great dumping place for uh, running old films because it's the only thing you could do with them. Well, this is a weird thing about, I guess for me, because uh, they were still showing Dracula and Frankenstein when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. But it's like things have changed now with like the internet and all those. And oh yeah. I don't it think completely different. People in their twenties probably have no idea of what this is even like. Oh yeah, <laughs> black and white, and, and uh, the, in black and white. Uh, the the sound uh, uh, very, everybody acts you know kind of like uh, that very and we stilted, had a bad version you know, of it and we yeah. had a terrible version I of need it to buy we this really one. did yeah. um uh but man what uh, what what an amazing film I mean it just absolutely blows you away the tent the 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 sets were yeah. amazing the the um we saw the uh, we actually saw the the version of how the director wanted it because there were some scenes that were cut out when they first released it oh yeah like so the movie was the original ending was supposed to be really dark and like end when the windmill was on fire so dr frankenstein oh, died yeah, yeah right and the windmill was on fire and then they rolled credits right so we saw like the extended version that that they made a happier version i guess right yeah and well, then there were a couple scenes like happier. oh where you threw the girl in the river they cut that out originally right they did you know what i thought that yeah because I, I, I didn't remember that either. I was I, like, I was like, so I had to wow. look it up. Oh, you look, so you looked it up? And well, because I was oh, like, I don't well, remember her throwing him throwing I, her yeah. in the river. And then there's another uh, where, a line where he uh, said, "It's alive, it's alive." He said, oh, right. now I know what it feels like to be God." Right. And they cut that out. Oh, okay. And this is like pre-code, I guess. So it's weird. Yeah, that they, this is. I mean, I don't well, want to no, get no, to the Hayes Code and all the other the, stuff. The that, Hayes Code was right around here. I mean, well, this right. was like pre. There was a spot where they didn't have. Co- I guess they didn't have the code. They weren't following code for like years. Before that, I need to look at it that yeah, more. But, but but the code came so in. So some of the directors the, were ignoring the it. Of, uh, the code actually, yeah. the Hayes code came in uh, at the very end of a. Uh, of uh, uh, I don't remember my history. I learned all this stuff, but I don't remember it. Of the 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 talkie. 
Yeah. Not the end. Uh, when they first started talking. When, when right? they first started talking, yeah, yeah. the Hayes code was already there. Okay. And well, this said it was pre, uh, when I looked it up, it was like pre-code. I don't know if that's correct or not. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think it is. Anyway, so if somebody knows, I know Ned probably does. He said, "Yeah, well, know it all." He'll, he'll get back to us. I'm but sure. Anyway. Hello, my name is Franklin Niedelmeyer. I am an expert in film history. Pre-code Hollywood. We're going to talk about this today because Mick and Kurt are trying to discuss something that they aren't really sure about. Pre-code Hollywood was the time when they passed the Hayes Code in 1930. And there was a time of about four years, 1930 to 1934, where they didn't have anybody or any sufficient body to implement the laws, the code. So between 1930 and 1934, there were a ton of movies that were made that at the time were very cutting edge, very, very, um, let's say risque, like people are dressing and like a lot of violence and stuff. Oh my goodness gracious. This was a time when the studios really represented um, kind of there, they were testing new ground. They were testing the limits. And, you know, just being really frank and honest with their movies that came out at the time. The pre-code era saw the first great flowering of American horror film, which fed off the social turmoil and psychological traumas of the age, from mobs brandishing flaming torches in James Whale's Frankenstein at Universal, to the Freudian psychological Jekyll and Hyde. Frankenstein was a film that was made pre-code, so there were a lot of scenes that were in it that were not necessarily allowed later on, if you know what I'm getting at. I hope to see you guys again. If you guys ever need my expertise, please feel free to put me in your episode. Thank you. So, no, I thought that they didn't really use uh, any actors that I recognized. I mean... Yeah, no, it wasn't. I, I mean, uh, uh, other than Bella yeah, Lugosi, Lugosi, of course, you know, yeah. uh, the the acting wasn't stellar to say the least. But but the acting of the monster, yes, was amazing. I mean, just just you couldn't help but look at him the way that the way that he would lean when he moved and 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 like his uh, and you have to remember this is. All of the Frankensteins we've seen since and all of the zombies that we've seen since have a lot to they owe a lot to those original movements that it came. You yeah. know, that dragging that leaning forward and dragging that foot back like 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 the foot was dead. Like uh-huh. the whole leg was dead skin that was just barely animated, you right, know, yeah. uh, that um the 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 pleading looks and the and the thrashing in anger you, you know what surprised me is is that you know when he would thrash around it, it really looked horrible you know um also yeah. there was a there was another thing about this one he woke up immediately in this once he came down yeah right yeah and i think that the it's hard to tell because they did that scene of the reanimation just slightly different in so many ways right. in so many different versions yeah, yeah. of it well you had know? a lot of sequels like i mean bright well, frankenstein and bright you brighter frankenstein there's been a lot of sequels son of frankenstein brother-in-law of frankenstein you know then of course you have to think about the robert de niro one which is totally different that's more of a what do you call that? I guess that would be more of a character one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's then, not really the same yeah, thing. And then you had uh, comedy. Yeah. Uh, oh, Young Frankenstein. Y- young yes. Frankenstein. Peter Boyle. So, uh, 
Uh, oh yeah, and then well, well no before before that you had uh, Frankenstein meets uh, Abbott and Costello. Oh, yeah, yes, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> but but the iconic movements, the the way the story unfolds, um, it's just just amazing. And and the thing is, is it was built at at a time the sets were built at a time when there was a, an expressionistic flair yeah. uh, that kind of came from um, some of the stuff that had, uh, that was going on in art at the time the german expressionism mm-hmm. was new and it was like and, and so you had these the well trip to the moon was a good example yeah well but but also like everything was at an angle yeah. and was flared and 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 with all these flares that that were made to, to to keep you you know like the um like to make that look larger than in life yeah, the, well, inside not, the but, castle, but not only it's so that you never really felt comfortable right. in it. You know, it's well, you like, know that hallway shot with the door. Yeah, looks a lot like our dungeon. Yeah, it me does. Out. It does. You know what? When you think in your mind, when you're listening to us, you just think Except of the for ours hall- is a little smaller and the ceiling's a lot lower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's us. It's us. <laughs> but you know what? That that building that staircase, that little part that's in yeah. front of the staircase and, and and you saw all these walls the just jutting off in all the different directions i love how the staircase doesn't have a railing too yeah <laughs> and then there's that jagged ceiling that ceiling part that comes across i love that sharp set. angles yeah you know the thing that i did notice is that that set the set pieces were there on the lot forever i mean uh Literally, they used the same set pieces for Bride of Frankenstein and and uh, Son of Frankenstein, but the set walls themselves were new, were were uh, were not angled, and it, they uh, were more um, uh. straight up and down. In fact, this is something that I noticed in Young Frankenstein is that there wasn't that that pitch, that weird pitch on the walls. And it kind of kind of detracted from the look to, yeah. to me. I mean, did just, you notice that? Um I don't know. I, I, things change very, really quickly in this. Like, it didn't take him long to turn on the. Um, it didn't take long for the monster to turn on him. Right. And then right. also, he gave up on his dream pretty quickly. Like, the he Dr. Really Frankenstein did. just kind of gave up. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. He, I love well, this woman. I'm going back to her. Yeah. And, and his total despair. Yes. Oh, the total yeah. despair thing was. Uh, I love the dummy, though. The dummy being thrown. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Over the wind and hitting the windmill things. You know what I liked is that he was wearing his wedding jumpers. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought, wow, man. You know, I, 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 I had not thought of, of, you know, I hadn't gone next level when I got married <laughs> the second time to 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 do marriage jump, yeah. jumpers. He took a leaf. Yeah. Leap. yeah. Anyway, um, no, but yeah, this was and I love the classic for and, sure. And, and the windmill, and and if you notice this, you notice that the the lake was obviously on location. Yeah. Okay, but when we got to the end, uh, and we, obviously we had a location that we did the 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 um uh the, the town in. Right? right. Yeah. And, and that was that was built on a location, probably built on a lot there somewhere. But then we moved uh, back into the stage for for all the end pieces. Uh, y- you could tell because the lighting was being really controlled. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and and a lot of soft lighting on the women. Well, which yeah, they did so- back then, obviously. Soft light. But when you were outside, 
you notice that uh, the the back everything kind of went to a silhouette a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were trying to keep silhouettes going, you know, to you know to add that cutting edge to it, and then we see the, that windmill, and the windmill. Some good shots of shadows when the crowds coming through the street. <laughs> oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was actually Dracula's a lot more shadows, I think. Like, well, yeah, no, I, actually, the, that's the thing in black and white. You know, you're 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 messing with shadows. You know, yeah. the the shadows are 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 everything, and um, you have to remember this is that they shot this stuff, and uh, a lot of that stuff was painted in black and white. Most of the makeup was done in black and white, uh, uh, but they didn't know what it looked like until it was developed. I mean, and yeah, that went yeah. that way straight through up until the eighties. Yeah, that or you know, actually to the nineties. And uh, it, it's amazing how technically uh, talented and how you know you began you know, the DPs and the directors and and and, and, and it happens that you you begin to get technically really close to things and knowing what things are going to look like. I I, I always knew like uh, what a 35 millimeter, a 16 or a 70 millimeter lens would look like. I, I knew what the frames were going to be. You know, I, I could ask the DP, well, what 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 lens you're using, using here? And I would know how big I had to build the set and stuff like that. And, and, and it's funny how fast you get into that and and how little of that you need to know now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <no. laughs> because you just look in the camera and there it is but i wanted to talk for a little bit about the uh relationship between um young frankenstein and frankenstein well yeah because that's this is a triple feature we're we're doing right here this is now moving into young frankenstein 1974 1974 it's probably it's i would say it's one of my top at least one of my top two Mel Brooks movies has always been one of my favorites. I saw it in the theater. I swear, I I almost died when I saw it in the theater. Just uh, just trying to uh, get my breath. So he's uh, Gene Wilder is the American grandson of the infamous scientist, but he names <laughs> he calls himself Frankenstein. Uh, he's struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe. <laughs> and he's invited to Transylvania, where he dis- where he takes a train to Transylvania, and discovers that the process reanimates a dead body. So he tries it himself. And and it it's just such a stream of great jokes. Well, my favorite character, my uh, my favorite actor, in this hands right down there. is Marty Marty Feldman. Feldman. Marty, yeah. Marty Feldman was amazing. The 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 thing that he did with the crutch, the little tiny yeah. crutch. And here's the great thing about it is if you look at Frankenstein. The crutch is there, the little tiny crutch, and they took it directly. It's the same exact size. Well, that was also when Aerosmith had that song, right? Walk this way. Walk. <laughs> I don't know. No, it was a little bit after that, but. Uh. So back in 1974, when Aerosmith was recording their Toys in the Attic album, they were stuck. So they decided to take a little break from working on the album. Steve, Joey, Tom Hamilton, Brad Whitford. And their producer, Jack Douglas, went down to Times Square to see Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein, which was in the theaters. According to Joe Perry, he said he stayed behind because he'd already seen it. And when the guys returned, they were throwing lines back and forth from the film. They were laughing about Marty Feldman greeting Gene Wilder at the door at the castle and saying, Walk this way, he says, limping, giving his stick to Wilder so he could walk that way too. While all this was going on, Jack stopped and said, Hey, Walk This Way might be a great title for the song. We agreed, but we still needed lyrics. So basically, what I'm saying is... Walk This Way by Aerosmith would never have happened without Young Frankenstein. 
Yeah, but the crutch was uh, uh, came from the original, and uh, but uh, the the uh, one two punch of Marty Feldman and Terry Gar. Oh, Terry Gar, just and I didn't realize how hot she was in the seventies. Man, she was hot. Uh, uh, or or what, oh god, you're forgetting about the say, other girl. Wait, 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 wait. Cloris Leachman. What, I was thinking Madeline Kahn. She was, <laughs> she's always great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just had a great cast. <laughs> Gene Wilder. I mean, we named the big ones, but Peter Boyle, of course. Peter Boyle. Oh, was a great Boyle. monster. Peter Boyle, and what Peter Boyle did with his eyes was so hard. <laughs> I like the part where he's like, <laughs> what else floats? And he looked at the... Yeah, he looks up, he looks at the camera, looks out. <laughs> and, and, you know, the problem was, is is it is a comedy, yeah. so at least when he bounces her, she bounces into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, damn my eye. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the the hand routine. It's some of the hilarious stuff. Uh, the hand, the the routine of the uh, hand. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Gene Wilder with the hand and the inspector. Yeah, so yeah. So, oh <laughs> man, but 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 the thing that I that amazed me is how many, how many of these uh, setups for the jokes and stuff came exactly from the film itself it's so well, what's more amazing is that i watched them pretty much back to back so oh yeah so did i, I mean, well, a day apart but yeah it was amazing because i i noticed that myself and then i was glad that uh mel brooks wasn't in this one too yeah no i i, I agree um because i think gene wilder talked well, he, out of he, it he would have to have an enormous schwanzen <laughs> 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 Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know this, but I, I found out that, like, they were trying to get them, the, the studio was trying to trick Mel Brooks into, like, shooting oh, this in, in, in color. Oh, absolutely. Boy, I, I got to tell you, that, if that's you, just amazes me. If you want to bring everybody down on you at some point, just say that you need to shoot in black and white. And, and I sw- I, I've been through that before. Well, you can shoot black and white on color stock, right? Yeah, that's a. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I wanted I wanted to pull up something that 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 people don't get that uh, this is especially in, you know in modern days. There's something that we did all the time that we knew how to do that nobody ever does anymore. And I'm gonna have to like give a handoff to Tazel Power because he taught he's taught me this. Um, they they don't dust their cobwebs anymore. When you see cobwebs in this film, right? They're they're icky, but they're they're not clear and they're not shiny. Yeah, you know, it's because they dust them down, uh-huh. and that's what you're supposed to do with cobwebs, so that on film you don't get that glossy kickback. Right. And the thing is, is it's just about seventy five percent of the time now. Uh, I I see cobwebs that are that that are just super, yeah, highly gloss. You know, it's because like Halloween decorations, like like Halloween decorations, yeah. And they just looks terrible that way. So I want to tell I want to tell you something kind of funny. Um, this is a, a brain depository story in real life. <laughs> right in real life. Story time. Story time. It's story time with Mick. 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 Uh oh. 
Um, a friend of mine, uh, Regina, no, no last names. You can take care of yeah, it in post. Yeah. So uh, Re- Regina, um, <laughs> she calls me up maybe about, I think probably about seven years ago. And, and she had finally quit her job uh, being an editor with this uh, medical magazine. And um, <laughs> she was out looking for a job. And she calls me up and, it, and she describes her new job. And it was so cool. She was a brain collector for the brain for the uh the uh brain trust the 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 literally the government collects brain tissue <laughs> and and if you donate your brain to uh the and, and I forget the name of it but but you know it's literally she would then go and talk to the people that you know uh to talk them out of the brain and she would bring it back. And that was her job for at least two years. She was just transportation. Hmm. And and she went all over the United States uh, on flights, carrying brains on flights, wow. which is, which is just, <laughs> yeah. And one thing I might back to the film again, uh, Abby normal, yeah, Abby normal, Abby normal <laughs> with the brains and yeah. stuff. And he breaks them. That scene is exactly the same in Young Frankenstein as it is in the original Frankenstein. Was there a mirror in the in the original Frankenstein? I, I forgot what it was. It was lightning. Yeah, that, lightning, that but I don't remember. There, I like how he got scared by his own reflection. Yeah, in, I think, well, Young that Frankenstein. Was, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that's the only bit was the, the mirror that, that went a little bit further. So anyway, Re- Regina, Regina was telling me the story about uh, going out to Louisiana and driving across one of those bridges causeways causeways of the stormy night you know the bridge out in the the middle of nowhere and getting on this little island and and there's just this shack here and and this dead woman is in the the shack is um literally she's in the body right next her body's right next door to like the sheriff's uh, office, which is another shack, right? And and, yeah. and she has to, t- and she's taking the brain, and the lightning is coming in like this. Oh and, wow! And she was literally called me from there, saying, "I feel like I'm in a horror film because I'm about ready to go back over the bridge after putting the brain in the trunk of my car, of my rented car, with lightning, <laughs> with lightning and rain just pouring down." <laughs> she goes, she goes, talk to me so that I don't have to feel like I'm in the middle of a horror film. <laughs> Did and she I have go, a hump you on her called back? me? <laughs> you called me. <laughs> right? Did she have a hump on her back? Uh, not necessarily. Oh, no. no. Okay. But you know what? You can only get so far in real life. <laughs> so th- then that became her draw for the brain depository to, to literally. And, and then, then they, they, you know, like cut them up into slices or send them, all, you know, to whoever needs a spare brain. Wow. Um, huh. Obviously, um, Donald Trump didn't get one. That sounds like a hard job. It was. I, I remember that was because, you know, the thing is, is she's also talking the people into uh, into um, doing the wishes yeah. for the person who signed the, her brain over, um, which was often quite a surprise to the people. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we're going to remove his brain before, you know, we bury him. And I was like, Really? <laughs> that's what he wanted for the united states brain depository <laughs> okay interesting stuff you know it's like those football players that are doing that yeah well you know to study concussions well exactly there there you go at least there's a purpose so uh 
so anyway, I really, really like the windmill and and in the body bouncing such a such a great dummy such a dummy dummy yeah you know and frankenstein going down on the fire and stuff it was just just absolutely we back to frankenstein now yeah we are we're done with the brain i was like wait what happened to young frankenstein oh well young frank yeah but yeah young frankenstein just hilarious it's hard you know what i i transposing them in my head well i kept when you're talking about the monster when we were talking about 1931 frankenstein right and the way he moved i was picturing peter boyle in my head <laughs> I, was oh, trying yeah. to, I was trying to get that out of my head but he did such a great job oh he did doing oh, the moves yeah. oh yeah it, but he did and, it a little funnier though i don't know I, I can't really explain that but it made me laugh when he did it and the end was great <laughs> and then later on he's in everybody loves raymond later on that's just weird but right yeah you know, <laughs> yeah it's it's like he was a, he was quite a bohemian uh dude you know yeah. he, he really was um well i like his voice it's like kind of oh yeah especially for this movie it was really interesting so let's see if i had any notes this is boys on boyle's eyes are amazing <laughs> you're a big mute you're incredibly big mute <laughs> who was the old man who played the old man in the shack the old blind man gene hackman gene hackman yes wow because i was i immediately thought of superman 4 when i saw him really <laughs> did you <laughs> no it's weird because i like superman movies but so no, gene hackman is a he's one of he's a good actor uh i well, what was that? Oh, Wolfenstein. What was that thing in the opening credits? It said something about... Based on the characters of the novel Frankenstein by Mary Wallenstonecraft Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they just changed stuff around to make it... Oh, yeah. They, they, it, it, this is one of the most brilliant comedies that's ever done. Uh, totally. Definitely. No, it's, it's Mel Brooks, one of his best works. Oh, it's absolutely one of, one of his best works. Uh, the, the dancing scene... Uh, to this day, <laughs> Put still just Put just yeah. cracks me up. I swear, I, I I had to. We were watching a really horrible copy of this. Yeah, and it, young Frank well, Frankenstein was I very hard. I, I found all I could find was a terrible copy. I surprised so, myself and I said, "I think I own that." Then I was like, "Oh, I don't." Yeah, why I don't so I? Yeah, we were both going. Well, why don't we own? I have blazing saddles and silent movie and I mean. Well, the the thing is is i i finally had to go i had to get out of it and i had to go to youtube and i had to find a a, a clean copy of just the dance sequence yeah oh the bookcase bit yeah you know what's great is they took something like like the bookcase bit that's been doing done in every scooby-doo since and, and and even before that, you know, like, and they made it hilarious. Oh, it was awesome! Oh yeah. my gosh, it was so good. Did you know that the 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 shifting hump was actually ad libbed? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Werewolf. It's Werewolf. Like he, he had been moving it back and forth for several days, and then finally the cast noticed it, and they pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it'd be a fun set to work I on. Get, Marty would be nuts. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely. Well, they also, I man. saw something where it was a it was an interview with Mel Brooks. I yeah. only read a half of it, but that's where I got the information. I about. think he died really young. Yeah. He, but he. Uh, he was laughing through the whole thing. Like, like uh, Gene I'm, Wilder was uh, laughing. Oh, I'm yeah, Gene Wilder sure. just died recently, didn't he? Like, uh, just just recently, yeah. Um, so, so here's where the metal, the the rubber. <laughs> so, um, 
So we have three films. Yes. And uh, how about Frankenstein 1910? Terrible. I don't know if everybody should see it. I think if you're obsessed with movies. Uh, absolutely. No, no. Ab- you should see it. You're absolutely. You should see it because it's there. It's history. Be- it's history. And it's only 15 minutes. And yeah, it's it's, it's 15 it's, minutes. And it shows you the limitations. Yeah. And the thing is, is. Also, look at the producer. It was Thomas Edison. He was just trying to get stuff out there. Yeah. You know, it, it, at the very beginning, uh, I don't think that he really knew what to do with it, even when he got it. And the, and well, it, the lack it lost of, for a while. Like yeah, I, yeah, but I think it, it was lost to the fifties, and then they kind of restored it. It felt, it felt like it was built, you know, built by a guy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> basically, it really, it felt like it was There's built no by a guy. There's no heart there, really. I yeah. wouldn't even put. I wouldn't even put a. Uh, uh, point five on that, yeah. you know, I, that was just terrible. But yep. um, but then we get into Frankenstein. Yeah, thirty one. And, and I have to say that thirty one film is just a gem. There's there's no fat on the bone anywhere. It is absolutely perfection, frame, mm-hmm. pr- frame by frame. And, and I have to, I have to really rate that high. I'm gonna say, say uh, four point five. Well, I kind of I had to adjust for like. I felt the story was rushed a little bit in certain areas. Well, but yeah, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. And then it was just kind of you have to adjust to the acting back in, back in the day, right? Yeah, because a little it was, bit. Yeah, th- I have to take all that in, into account. So I, I, I'm actually about the same place. I'm about yeah, four point five. 4. I mean, 5. just because I think it's classic. And now it's right up there with Dracula. Except for I probably get Dracula a higher rating. Well, we're gonna it. have to do this for Dracula maybe next week. Yeah. Maybe I, I want to see a better copy of it though. I <laughs> let, let's see if we can find. You know what? I I knew for a long time there was uh, there was DVDs out there that had Wolfman, Dracula, yeah. and Frankenstein on the same. And I, I think I had DVD. I had a VHS with all those on it. I I think I did. I think I did I don't too. Know. That was, it was years it, ago. It was it was like literally in every. Um, resale Woolworths bin yeah. you know and and Walgreens bin you, you know of the uh, $1 films and the $2 I'd films I'd be able to find it at Big Lots nowadays I mean I found Nightmare on Elm Street 3 I for looked. $3 at Big Lots I looked at Big Lots and that was I literally depressing looked. I, I literally went to Big <laughs> isn't that sad <laughs> it is Nightmare on Elm Street it's- Three for three bucks. Ah, unbelievable. So anyway, uh, so I moved it to the front though, so somebody would buy it. <laughs> little orphan, little orphan DVD. Yeah, right. Somebody take me away. Somebody take me and give me a good home. Roar. I would have, but I already have it. So. Yeah, there you go. So, Young Frankenstein. Oh young my God, Frankenstein. I'm in like the I, high fours, like four point six. I would actually go. I was gonna go higher than Frankenstein. I was gonna say four point seven. It's, it's my favorite comedy in the world. It, it just. I still like. Uh, I like Doctor Strange Love a little bit more than this one. Yeah, really. I just. I, I never really got behind Strange really? Love myself. No, uh, I, I I never really I never really went for his kind of cold filmmaking style. And if you ever yeah. want to see a good. Mel Brooks movie that nobody really mentions, but I love is mm-hmm. Silent Movie. Silent Movie, yeah, that was a great. I was one. gonna say Silent Movie. Silent yeah. Movie are the producers, you know. But that's one that I, I mentioned to people that say they're Mel Brooks fans. They're like, I don't think I've seen Silent Movie. Oh, What's God, that? I've seen all of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it until he got to the you know the history of the world, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty bad. History of the world so, was not bad, but what was the one that they, the more recent ones they did where he was. Uh, Oh gosh, there's one that was like really bad. It was recent, like in the nineties. Life stinks. Life stinks. That was terrible. Yeah, life stinks was, was the one that, that I bad. saw and I was like, Oh 
I'm depressed. So there was a song oh. that, that it was sung by. Uh, first, it was sung by. Um, I don't know if I know the words to it though. You don't? Da -da 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 -da. No, 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 no. no, that no song? Not oh. that, the other one. Oh, oh sweet mystery of life, life at last I found you. <laughs> Who sang so, that, by the way? I don't know. It was. Because it was beautiful. Oh, you mean originally? Yeah, like, oh, I mean, I who sang no it in the movie? Oh, in the movie? Was that Madeline First Kahn? First time it was Madeline Kahn, the second time it was Terry Gar. And then, uh, oh, I don't know if you caught this, but I've got to know if the scream, there was a scream. Where? And it sounded like the scream from Frankenstein 1931. So it wasn't Madeline Kahn screaming. You mean it's very, very. There's no way. Where the monster, like, came through the window. Oh, right. And grabbed her. There was a scream. Yeah. And it sounded uh, you, like the, the Frankenstein 1931. You know what? That's uh, so I've got to know that. Uh, or you could be a starting rumor. There you go. I think it was the same scream because I watched these within the same like 24 hour period. Gotcha. So it was in my head still, and I was like, "That sounded like the same scream." <laughs> so somebody figure that out for me because I'm too lazy. There you go. So, oh sweet mystery of life, at last I found you. I can't bring myself to sing it with you, so I'm just admiring your voice. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Warrior Review Podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends about us, follow us, and of course, like us. We can be found on Podbean, which is an amazing app, YouTube, Stitcher, Alexa on any pod, iTunes, Google Play, we're on Twitter as well, at DW Review, and of course Facebook, you can find us there. You can also email us at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com.